everyone, and welcome to episode 69 of the F1 Show for coverage of the 2010 Chinese Grand Prix. I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau, and we will bring you up to date on everything that's happened since the last race weekend, and of course, all the news and happenings uh, from the qualifying practice and obviously the race. Okay, so maybe not too terribly much has happened in F1 directly since we came to you last, but... There is a cool revolution that I found. Revolution. There's a cool thing I found. I wouldn't quite give it revolution, revolution status. Is overselling it a little bit. <laughs> but check this out. For the iPhone users in the crowd, listen to this. Hold on, I gotta cue it up now. Here it comes. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. The build up here is just Oh, it's getting close. Oh, wait. Grooving on that. Isn't that nice? That's sweet. What is that? That is a free video game of F1 racing for the iPhone. Oh, man. How badass is that? Can I say ass? Can I say ass on podcast? Or... Do, do they allow topless photos on the internet? <laughs> anyway, yeah. I was just uh, bumming through i uh, the iStore, the iTunes music <laughs> store. Wow. You know what I'm talking about. And I stumbled about it. It's the BMW Sauber F1 racing game. But it's free, though. It's free. Well, it's the light version. Then you can pay $10 for the full version. But, Jim, you actually sampled this game. I did. And apparently I did better than you did. But there were still lots of walls involved. <laughs> and No, uh, I didn't even know where how to – you know how I am with video games. I didn't know where the gas pedal was. Yeah. So he the game actually, started and all the cars went, bing, 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 bing. And I was like, huh? What? And I was, like, jerking the phone forward. And then I saw the little pedal in the corner. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't go well. So there's that. But it was free. Hey, and it was man, F1. No, no, and it had that cool it was, little intro. It was entertaining for a couple of minutes, which is for free, not a bad way <laughs> hey, to go. Free. But anyway, yeah, so. If you search it, for like what, BMW F1 racing or something, you'll find it. No, I just put in F1. Oh, well, there you go. And that popped right up. Alrighty. How cool is that? Speaking of which, also, in sort you know, news, in iPhone related news, sort of, um, on, you know, the iPad came out, the Apple iPad, and uh-huh. on the ones in the stores, I went to an Apple store actually in Phoenix, and uh, they had the F1 live timing app on, you know, preloaded on the iPad. Which really? I was, I was, yeah, I was impressed to see that. Isn't that and, that $90 app or something like it's, that? It's like 60 bucks or something, but. Uh, Almost, I mean that that kind of made me want to buy an iPad, uh, iPad just for that alone. I mean, having the kind of the 3D, you know, zoomable track map, you click your driver and see where he's at, and you know, have the whole lap chart and all this stuff going all at once on the bigger screen of the iPad. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. Although I guess I don't know why I couldn't just have that on a laptop because you know that'd be that'd be cool too. But yeah. Um, either way, it was it was pretty sweet. Uh, you know, and and it's one of those you know iPad things that uh, kind of made me want to get that. But it was cool to see you know even in the U.S. having the, uh, the F1 uh, live timing app preloaded was uh, was kind of neat. But, uh, yeah, so in vaguely F1-related news... Um, well, it's becoming more it's, and more F1-related. Um, it actually... So there's this, you know, for those that aren't aware, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if we're the ones telling you about this, uh, there's Volcano in Iceland, then, I, you know, you might want to get a little more in tune with your, with your news. But, um, yeah, so there's, uh, you know, this volcano erupted, a giant, you know, ash cloud that is apparently, you know, it's pre- uh, preventing airplanes from flying. They've shut down flights in the U.K. for a couple of days I, I now. Thought, I thought Heathrow was totally shut yeah, down. Yeah, and, uh, and, and so it's really disabling a lot of the air travel. Um, all the teams made it to the U.K. or out of the U.K., you know, in time. Um, and, you know, we're off in China or whatever. Uh, apparently, Eddie Jordan from uh, BBC didn't make it to uh, to be part of the coverage. And, really? Um, and actually, a lot of people are really pleased by that. Um, <laughs> that man was sweaty, okay? In Malaysia, that was bad. That was – it was comically – it was gross. Uh, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Poor guy. And, and, yeah, I mean, I was talking to, uh, you know, some of my colleagues in the UK, and they're just saying, oh, yeah, we're looking outside, and it's nice blue skies and clear and very clear. There's not, not a plane in the sky, you know. It, uh, yeah, no It's kind of wild. But, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, – with all the flights and um, a lot of the teams being UK based, um, they can't get home or even in Germany and stuff. I think it's affecting. A lot, I, I've a lot heard of I, yeah. the news reports I've seen is, it's affecting much of Northern Europe. So yeah. I don't know what they count as Northern Europe. Yeah, exactly. There's some I guess flights German, to Portugal Germany is fairly North that are okay. And yeah. So, I mean, they'll find ways. I mean, these people have resources and they're talking about different, uh, you know, different workarounds and guys doing private planes and stuff. So well, I mean, wasn't Tony Fernandez talking about some special flights? Yeah, for he was going to charter a flight and all this. So except for Richard Branson, I think everyone but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 
it's it's you know a bunch of the drivers. I mean, luckily there's a three week break um, between uh, you know between now and what is it Spain coming up next? But right. uh, you know, and we heard stuff about even between Malaysia and China. You know, like they flew Lewis Hamilton back to the back, um, you know, halfway across the world just to work one day in the office and then fly back all the way to the wow. to East Asia to get back to China and all that. I mean, it's it's a little bit nuts some of the travel and stuff. But to that point, I think a lot of the crew, a lot of the crew haven't made made it back home since. The season opener. I think a lot of those guys have been going just from one destination to the next. I'm six, eight weeks on the road. Yeah. I mean, they don't need to fly, you know, the caterers back to practice catering back in the office for a day and then go back. There's not a catering simulation. Well, maybe there is. Could be. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. That steam tray isn't, uh, you know, aerodynamic enough. (laughs) Hey, you never know. And, and. You know, so it's actually so a lot of these guys actually might be stuck. Um, they're saying, you know, I mean, up to a week extra in China, which you know could be worse. I mean, it, with uh, it's kind of there's a lot going on there. I mean, I guess better than being you know maybe stuck in the desert for a week or something might be a little bit less pleasing. But true. Um, although I guess rainy Shanghai may not be that great. So although I've heard that uh, one thing you don't want to happen in Shanghai is to get surprised. <laughs> the and if there's, a, surprise, if there's an extra week, out. oh oh dear, oh goodness, oh boy, moving on. Moving on, okay, so one thing that isn't F1-related at all, but it is F1 show-related, is I am very pleased to announce that there is a new member in my family. <laughs> you're misleading Why are people you laughing? Because you're misleading them. Okay, I bought a car. I bought a car this weekend, and I'm very excited about it. I got a 2001 Laguna Seca Blue BMW M3, and I'm so thrilled to have this car. I am going to post... At least one or two pictures up on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So if anybody that's interested, they can see my stupid smile in front of the car and they can see my new car. And hopefully, with any luck, you guys will be able to see video of this new car not just sitting there in the not-too-distant future. But anyway, so yeah, I got a new car. I'm very happy about it. So if there's any M3 fans out there, we can bond. It's that time again. It's the Chinese Grand Prix. That's an easy one for cuisine. We got ourselves some tasty Chinese food. We went to this uh, this nice restaurant called P.F. Chang's China Bistro. Which is an American chain, I'm pretty sure. It, yeah, I mean, it's but a it's chain. Chinese it's not like food. authentic. It's a real authentic, deal. But, I mean, whatever. Well, it's, you know, it's close enough. It's ta- Oh, it's tasty, though. They have soy sauce. They have MSG. Oh, it's have, all right there. Oh, the hot sour soup, you know, and you get the, oh, the lettuce wraps. It was delicious. And... They had fortunes. Absolutely. Because and we have fortunes to prove it. Fortune cookies. Uh, so, Robin, what is your fortune? Well, I want everyone to know that I am known for being quick in action and decisions. Yes. Yes. Nice. Thanks. And in lap times. <laughs> and, okay. And, uh, and, and, and my mine. lucky numbers are 13, 8, <laughs> <Okay>. 18. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and uh, and I, I would like everyone to know for me. That uh, an hour with one friend is worth more than ten with strangers in bed. But we what? don't know if that holds true in Shanghai. <laughs> Shanghai surprise, I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> so Friday, uh, the big story in Friday practice is uh, Buemi, Sebastian Buemi in the uh, Toro Rosso. Massive failure. Massive, like, just car failure <laughs> but like okay, so, shockingly cool though yes so since no one was hurt it was okay very very high speed section of the track um he gets on the brakes and apparently uh the right upright fails on the car and which causes the whole front of the car the whole rest of the, i mean just the front of the car just breaks the wheels now, and were just sent from you know forth from the vehicle and uh in a very spectacular uh just Really, I, I've never seen a failure like that before. Just kind of an unprecedented failure, as far yeah, as I'm but concerned. Here's here's what I mean. It, it, to the naked eye, it looks like they both happen. They both broke simultaneously. So the what eye, of the, the what is what is the right upright doing to make the left upright fail? Well, to the naked eye, it looks like someone pressed a button and it's a clown car and the wheels just explode. Oh my off. god! I mean, it, it really looked like uh, like a movie set. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, you know, it's just the, the structure, you know, they, they try testing some new parts and it's Friday practice and that's why, you know, they do that during Friday, hope, but, you know, not during the race. Part, but, it's like, Hey, what if we made the uprights weaker? Well, what if we make it lighter? I mean, that's what they're trying to do, right? Is find that line. And I guess they went a little bit too far across yeah, that line. Just a smidge. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, the wheel tethers, I mean, everything was just totally gone. The wheels bounced off. Well, that really. was kind of shocking, yeah, right? Cause and, the wheel tethers were the big, important safety feature, uh, because of Iart and Senna, right? 
And all of a sudden, these two wheels go bounding off the car and take off. Apparently, yeah, one hit a cameraman and one actually went over the fence. And it was Friday practice, and there's you know very few people actually go to the race in China anyway, so no one was hurt. But uh, yeah, apparently, there were some close calls with a camera and so on, and uh, it was it was tricky. But um, do you want to know what the best selling car in China is? Mm. A Buick. Nice. That's why not many people go to the Formula One race. So rain was obviously a factor in qualifying in the last race. Uh, actually, a totally dry qualifying session, although rain is predicted for the race. Uh, so, you know, we had, you know, maybe seen some guys, and, and we don't know, you know, who's on dry and wet setups, but some guys maybe, you know, trying to compromise a little bit in qualifying uh, just to, to get their setup a little bit better for the wet. Uh, but, you know, pretty much uh, straightforward qualifying. Yeah, um, and, and, I mean, at the same time, I mean, we, we know today's day and age, track position is very important. So I, I have a hard time believing many people went too far on a rain setup. Yeah. Um, and so we saw a really good pace out of Hamilton in P1 or Q1 uh, and Q2, uh, you know, just, just really strong performances. And, and, you know, of course, it doesn't matter who's at the top. It matters who's at the bottom. And we had, you know, pretty much the usual backmarkers getting uh, getting taken out. That's right. Uh, but in, in the Q3, uh, Hamilton said his car just kind of fell off. And he had, you know, these really, really blistering lap times uh, in, in the first sessions and just hit, said the car just didn't have the grip that it did in the earlier sessions. And, uh you know, ended up, I think, qualifying sixth. So just not, you know, not an astonishing yeah, day. Yeah, and, and most importantly, behind, yet again, Jensen Button, who qualified fifth. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time, because Jensen Button's actually out-qualified Hamilton three races in a row. But this is the first time that it was actually on a drive track, all-out speed, not Q3 session. Yeah, traffic or getting the wrong call. Or exactly, yeah. exactly. Which had to, had to feel good for uh, the old Brit versus the young Brit, right? But it was not... Jensen Button or Hamilton on pole, not even close. It was yet again Sebastian Vettel, 34-5. And the best uh, anyone could do to get close was Mark Webber, his teammate, with a 34-8. So Vettel, once again, just crazy fast. Yeah, so all this talk of, uh, you know, the ride height control devices and all these different things. And, oh, maybe, maybe you know, Red Bull is just doing all these different tricks up their sleeve to, to make time. And I think actually Mike Gascoigne put it best um, you know, uh, when in response to, uh, you know, the FIA clarifying, say, okay, nobody can have these ride, ho- ride height control devices where that, you know, they get the car lower during qualifying so that when they fill it back up with fuel, it still is, you know, the right ride height and everything during the race. Um, and he's saying, you know, hey, they might be able to find half a tenth, maybe a tenth, you know, if they got the ride height just right. But it's not, you know, every, all the other guys, all the other competitors are probably just looking for some chink in the armor to say, hey, there's no way we can be this much slower than Red Bull in qualifying. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, they're not using any of that. That's been, you know, that's been clarified. There's no no jiggery pokery going on. It's all about just, you know, these guys are just crawl up qualifying really, really well. Which is a good thing because it's clearly in the, clearly in the rules, uh, rule twenty three section B that jiggery pokery is against the against right. the rules. You I can't mean, do that in the very name. Yeah. So anyway, in third place was Ferrari. Fernando Alonso holding on a third. He had a thirty four nine. Uh, Nico Rosberg also was in the 34s with a 34.9, as was Jensen Button, for that matter. Um, uh, Lewis Hamilton was six. He was the first in the 35s. And then it was seventh. It was Felipe Massa in the second Ferrari at 35.1. Kubica was eighth in the Renault, 35.3. And uh, way down in ninth was Michael Schumacher with a 35.6. The only very, very outqualified by Rosberg. Yes, quite a bit. So that's seven-tenths. And in 10th place, Adrian Sutil in the Force India. He's yeah, been getting into Q3 and making things happen. I mean, he was a back marker in Q3, but, but you know, that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, right, just, just behind, you know, that old guy Schumacher. Exactly. Uh, ahead of one of the Red Bulls, ahead of both Williams, ahead of both STRs. You know, not bad. I think that guy's going to win once this year. Just putting that out Ooh. there. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, bold. All right. But... Let's see what happens today in the race. For the third straight race, rain fell during the weekend. And once again, we have it to thank, at least in part, for a stunning race. Anyone with properly firing synapses was not surprised to see a Red Bull, piloted by Sebastian Vettel, put down a stunning pole lap. But when the lights went off in Shanghai, Vettel slugged off the line, stuck in third place by turn one, behind Alonso, who jumped the start, and his teammate, Mark Webber. On just the second of 56 laps, many drivers entered the pits to switch option rubber for intermediates due to increasing rain. 
This happened as a safety car was deployed to allow the cleanup crew to clear the remains of some back markers that didn't play nice. By lap four, most everyone had made it to the pits for inters, with the exception of a few, most notably, first and second on track, Nico Rosberg and Jensen Button. And once again, this proved to be the defining moment. Several laps later, Nico and Jensen were comfortably in front. And after the McLaren driver got the better of the factory Mercedes, Button cruised to victory at the Chinese Grand Prix. After much diving and weaving and a little pit lane spat with Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton made it a McLaren 1-2, finishing second. In third, Nico Rosberg once again handily beat his teammate. Fourth place went to the Ferrari of Fernando Alonso. He managed the position despite a drive through penalty for jumping the start. Fifth place went to Robert Kubica in the Renault. He was the third driver in front to make the correct call of staying on drives whilst everyone else suffered on inters. Sebastian Vettel could only manage sixth from his pole position, and this time it wasn't the car that caused the problem. He was followed by the second Renault driver, Vitaly Petrov. Aussie Mark Webber hung on for eighth. He was followed by Felipe Massa in the Ferrari. And the oldest man ever to drive a horseless carriage, Michael Schumacher in the Mercedes, <laughs> collected a point for 10th. Jim, Michael Schumacher is so old. Yeah, but he's been driving an F1 car for so long. You think he's, you know, the best ever and all these records and a super amazing man. So he's, you know, master of the wet, right? Is and that really super amazing man? Yes. That's right? Sam. I mean, but and and you know, he's supposed to be able to get more out of a car than it's worth and all this. And uh you know, well so, then why do they keep building him such a crappy car? I don't know. See, so this should have been ideal Schumacher conditions, right? You know, it's changing conditions and people are kind of mixed around and it's calling pit stops and the strategy and he's working with Ross Braun, so this should be like, you know, Schumacher should dominate, right? Taint happening. I know. But it, it's still not coming together for that team. Uh and I you know, they're I think the car's getting a little bit better, but it's it's you know they said they had some upgrades, but they weren't enough to do it. And I don't know if things just really aren't gelling there yet or if well, it's interesting. just so old he's just not that good anymore. I <laughs> it, mean, really. Well, I, okay, here's the thing. So he, he has admitted from the beginning that he's not going to be up to speed right away. Everyone said, oh, that's just Schumacher being bashful. He will be up to speed right away. Well, maybe he was telling the truth and he's not actually going to be up to speed right away. He did sign a three-year contract, not a one-year contract. There was tons of hype going into this so there was really high expectations but then again you know if if ultimate goal of a formula one team is to win and be as fast as possible well you know rosberg is owning schumacher and like we talked about earlier today what if kubica was in that car yeah or even i mean even sutil i mean even some of these guys that just really show this pace and i guess what it comes down to is is why do you return you know it's it's not for money i mean it's it's not to get more fame i mean whatever but um i feel like returning to be a you know mid-pack driver is not what he was after it's probably to come back into win and a mid-pack driver in a front car in a front running car i mean that's that's got to be frustrating in some sense. I mean, you know, Schumacher willing to do anything to win and, and all this and to, you know, and he had some, some interesting moves today and some good battles and whatever, but ultimately just, you know, was not amazing and was not master of like, oh, he's got this car control that no one else can um, can believe or whatever. I mean, he was, you know, he was getting past and he, he, he made some moves, but still it's, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, I guess, I guess. We can give him more time. He's got the three-year contract. He's going to be there forever. Right. I mean, he, these contracts always change. But I mean, who knows? But. The one thing that I've appreciated about it, it is it, he, it's becoming clearer and clearer in my mind that he actually is human. I mean, when he was in the Ferrari, it, it really seemed unbelievable how uh, consistent he it was, was how it was unemotional like, he oh, was. Oh, it's Formula One this weekend. How, oh, it's yeah. Schumacher winning? Yeah. yeah. How absolutely incredible. And even when... Alonso really came onto the scene and the Renault got strong. Yeah, he didn't win the championship in 2005, 2006, but he was still a huge force to reckon with, mm-hmm. regardless of whether the conditions suited the Ferrari, regardless whether the, you know, what whether the weather was. And yet now he just seems careful. Yeah. You know, I mean there's no wildness from there's no amazing passers and I just wonder I don't know if like his wife is constantly in the back of his head. Don't crash the car. You said you wouldn't crash the car. You got to stay alive or something. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, like, he's like, oh, I got a family now. I put him through this already. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's holding him back a little bit of something. But 
Or if it's just he just needs time, and maybe next year he'll be blistering fast again. I don't know. Yeah, or is Nico Rosberg just super amazing man himself? And we always thought it was Schumacher, <laughs> but it turns out it's Rosberg. Nico's but, the Sam. But but Rosberg still, you know, he hasn't won a race, and again, that sort of circumstances and everything else have, have all happened how they have. But it's it's and yeah. I mean, in Rosberg today, I mean, you know, he was out strategized and out driven by Button. Yeah, I mean, either either because. You know, when that safety car first went away and Rosberg was in first, Button in second, Rosberg pulled away from Button. So one of two things happened. Either Rosberg's tires fell off or Rosberg started making mistakes because Button then, you know, passed him and stayed in front and Rosberg was no longer an issue. So I don't know. Maybe the conditions were just right for Rosberg at the beginning and then the car wasn't as suited as well. I don't know. But either way, Button was more dynamic and able to be faster more consistently and take better care of the tires yeah I, so just one last note i guess on on the schumacher though it's it would be one thing i guess if, if rosberg had been with mercedes for years and like worked on the car and you could sort of say okay you know the car doesn't really suit schumacher it's maybe oh you know rosberg's really dialed in but you know they're both new guys to the team it's yeah know, the team is only you know braun and, and who are you going to listen to if you're ross braun and you've got michael schumacher wanting to develop the car and nico rosberg trying to develop the car yeah and it really seems like everything should go Michael's way, and it and it's not. But so on on Button, I mean, that was just a, a sterling job for awesome. him today. Awesome um, drive. I, I I was telling you earlier today. I I said I have to admit it. I'm I'm a Button fan. I want Button to win. I I like the guy. Yeah. I really do. And I was really happy to see him make the correct call and make it work. Yeah, and it's I mean it's some in some levels it's getting lucky and just kind of you know, you no one knows for sure the weather, but I think it's sort of taking the risk and, and you know, how, how hard is this car gonna be to drive with these tires and these conditions and mm-hmm. you know, and in some of the radio transmissions too, it's great to sort of see, you know, the guys have have different uh rain intensity scales. Like, oh it's gonna be rain intensity four and you know, it's <laughs> like how cool is that? You know, like we've talked about this. I know just what level of rain intensity that'll be. That'll be great. Uh but I mean it's he's he's now got the the lead in the world championship, I mean by ten points. Yeah. Um, which is not what it used to be. That used to be a race win. Of course, now it's 25 points, so that still can fluctuate, obviously. But, oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, they're already to 60 points for four races in. That's yeah. that's his lead right now. That's how many points he's got. So. And, but, you know, I don't think – I honestly don't think anyone was really thinking Button could repeat his championship uh, no. from 09. I think that the consensus was sort of, okay, it was Braun. It was the diffuser situation. You know, he kind of – he got lucky to hang on like right, he did. Right, right. It the took Barrichello a little while to get up to speed, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and, and that oh, you know, that was a flash in the pan and, oh, well, Hamilton's going to walk away from him. Uh, and my, myself included even, I would think, you know, just based on, based on everything that happened. Yeah, I, you were a jerk. <laughs> You're just a Button <laughs> fanboy, so what are you going to do? And um, – but I mean, he's he's put in a couple, of, you know, one good drive. You know, you say, oh yeah, what he did in Australia, that was that was really good. But hey, he got lucky, whatever. But I mean, he's he's really you know making it happen. And, yeah. Uh, and he again, he was faster outright in qualifying than Hamilton was. He was ahead of him. So yeah. But I mean, it's clear. I mean, if you just say, hey, go do a lap in general. I mean, Hamilton's extremely quick. Hamilton's natural speed is quite good. But it's amazing. Like Hamilton seems to go back and forth with maturity. And the beginning of this season, it, he's made what I think are some immature decisions. Yeah, and I mean, even even this weekend, I, I saw some some a lot of really good moves out of Hamilton. Um, you know, it, he because he uh, did not make the same call to stay out on tires. You know, he did. He came and he pit and he put wets on and he had to come back and pit again. So he ended up having two more pit stops. Um, and you know to end up as close to Button as he did after making that strategic. Oh, blunder. he was incredibly quick. Um, and and you know at the, in the closing stages of the race, you know uh, Hamilton was was approaching, uh, you know catching up to to, to Button. Um, Button had a big off. He had a big four wheel lock up. Right, and, you right. Know, and that brought his uh, his pad over over Lewis to be you know from ten seconds down to four and a half. And then right. then, then all of a sudden you know Lewis smells blood again and goes after him. But you know so it was some some good moves. And and I you know you sort of wonder like oh if you know if only they gotten the tire thing worked out. You know, he, you know, Lewis could have been up there. It could have right. been amazing. And but and, again, that I mean, that was Button's decision. Yeah. So I mean, you can only uh, surmise that it was Lewis's decision. And I mean, you know, again, most people made that decision this time. Uh, but uh, to the other point, uh, Lewis was making huge ground on everybody, and he passed Rosberg, I believe it was, for second. Mm-hmm. And then he was gaining on Button by leaps and bounds, a second and a half a lap or something like that. Yep. And then he was getting closer and closer, and then it was like, oh, he's not really gaining anymore. Oh, Button's a little bit faster. And Hamilton is very quick, but he's hard on his tires, especially compared to Button. Yeah. And so it's just another one of those things. Are you fast 
for a lap or are you fast over a race distance or are you fast? You know what I mean? And so these two really are fast in very different ways. Yeah, and I think that's – and we actually had a commenter on the, the F1 Show Facebook page. But, you know, sort of that that's turning out to be the interesting battle this season, I think, is that it's the same car, the same fuel loads now, with the, you know, the way the races are. Uh, and, and then, you know, when they have back-to-back pit stops, they've got the same tire wear – uh, or the you know the same the, you know they started with the same tire wear and then they, they treat them how they treat them so yeah. that's becoming uh, a real interesting benchmark is to see that and and you know everyone can, you can say um, you know a, a good driver can take a good car on a good day and make it work and a bad driver can take the bad car on a bad day and still make it work and, and Lewis Hamilton can change driving styles from one quarter to the next yeah and 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 even with with Button though I mean he's had it's it's almost you know takes some weird circumstances and he just sort of switches this you know super amazing man mode on and then all of a sudden he can just you know take care of his tires and you're really running the with the sam and, theory a lot yeah i think it's, i think it can i can i can i indulge the uh listeners with my days of thunder analogy i think you should okay i think that's a very apt analogy for those who have not seen days of thunder go rent it and it's like stop the podcast right now go rent it watch the movie it's a great movie we'll give you a couple seconds to you know figure that out Okay, now that everyone has seen Days of Thunder, Lewis Hamilton is like Tom Cruise before he worked with Robert Duvall. Jensen Button is like Tom Cruise after he worked with Robert Duvall. He's on the same page with the team now. Yes. He's in sync. He's He's in sync. The tires are better. Yes. Strategic thinking. Could be. You know, a lot of our fans are in Europe. They have no idea what we're talking about. It's a, hey, we just turned you on to a cool movie. Wasn't that not a good movie? It's a great movie. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yes. So, Ferrari, right? I mean, the other, obviously, the other big contenders here and all that. Um, Finished third. Good, good result. I mean, especially considering Alonzo's luck, he's still holding it on. I mean, the whole floor it in the middle of a corner circumstance he had with his transmission. I mean, that's a good, yeah, that's a good tri- good driver taking a terrible car and, you know, trying to make it, something very out of it. Much and so. it turns out I'll be for nothing when it all blows up. But, um, yeah, so they had uh, another engine failure this season. It uh, was in practice, right? Friday practice. And, uh, and so... You know, I I am thankful for the way the rules are now. You know, where you have a set number of engines for the year, and after you've run through that that stock of engines, then you start having penalties. But it would have been a shame for <clears throat> Alonso to have to take a ten grid spot penalty for something that has nothing to do with driving so Completely much as you know, reliability. So I do appreciate the way the rules are working out in that way. It's one of those things it's easy to forget about, but um, that hasn't been so much of a factor. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there. You know, I think after the last engine failure, he's like, "Oh no, we're still okay." You know, we got our engines and we got our stuff, and we were worried about that with Vettel, if you remember, in the closing mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. of last year, and sort of like, "Oh, it's going to be great until his engine blows up," and it <laughs> didn't. You know, so yeah. it didn't didn't turn out to be a problem. But now Alonso's starting to be like, "Yeah, I'm starting to get a little worried." You know? Yeah, and uh-huh. we had a Sauber engine failure during the race yep. as well. Yeah, both both which, Sauber drivers were watching most of the race, not driving in it. Yeah, Kamui from the crash, and then Pedro de la Rosa having that uh, that engine problem. And, and by the way, to the speed team commentators it was not Kamui's fault he got ran into yeah uh, they, they say, said like, partway out, through the race like, that he crashed out he didn't crash out he had got run into he was driving around a corner and it smashed into yeah him. i yeah. don't get that by the way this is a real quick aside and i apologize for it but uh, kobayashi has been called reckless this year by the uh, speed commentators a couple of times I, I don't agree with that i mean he's had a couple of moments here and there but he had a couple of moments the last two races of last season as well and he's also had some bad luck i mean Kumui Kobayashi was the one that kept having the front wing failure. Yeah, a couple races ago, I think it was Australia, and uh, so it's not. It hasn't all been his fault, and the, and the Sauber team is struggling in general. But and of that's, course, if that's someone, and, and if a driver's not reckless, and they'll say he's not taking enough risks and he's boring, so uh, you, you can't win there. Can't win. But anyway, so speak. I guess of, of reckless and some interesting moves. Uh, so there's this when uh, Massa and Alonso came to, to the to pit together. Oh yeah, Ferrari actually did this a couple of times where they would stack the guys like. You know, one after another, directly. You know, one guy waiting and, and everything, which without refueling, you can actually get away with and not slow a guy down that much. Sure. I mean, it wasn't that long to wait. Um, but uh, with Massa and Alonso coming in, you know, side by side, uh, and Massa kind of had Massa's kind of on the outside of the pit in. I think he's taking the actual correct uh, pit entry according to the painted lines. Yes. Uh, yes. Massa's like, all right, I'm going to the pits, and, and Alonso is just like right up beside him. Then there's this left turn into uh, into the you know pit entrance. And uh, Alonso just kind of squeaks in there and, and takes the position yeah. in front of the pit lane. I mean, it was it was weird, partly because, um, 
you know, you think the pit stop is planned out that the team sort of has to know who's coming in first. I mean, maybe the tires, I guess, are interchangeable, but a lot of them, they're, they're labeled with the guy's name yeah, and all I, that. And I don't think the, they are, really. To the, the pressures that they want and all that. So exactly. it could have been uh, a team move. But if it was that, then shouldn't Moss have backed off? I mean, it seemed like a really – it could have gone really wrong, and it seemed like Alonzo just kind of muscling his way in there. Yeah, it did. But at the same time, you know, from when the, when the camera first switched, it was showing them both going into the pits from the straight. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like Alonzo had the inside line and Massa is the one that should have backed off. I don't yeah. know. And, I mean, just like you say, they are in order. And what if Massa jumped the order? That would have screwed up the pit crew. It would have slowed everyone down. Yeah. And, but it's, it's one of those things that kind of, you know, there all this talk of uh, fitting in with the team and how everyone gets along with each other. And there was always yeah. kind of that friction with, you know, Kimi Raikkonen not really being as much of a part of the Ferrari family and all that. And Alonzo fitting in better and, uh, you know, all, all this talk about the mutual respect and all that. And then, you know, Alonzo still shows like, I, I'll do what it takes to come first as well, you know. And, uh, and, and so we don't obviously know the internal communications with the team of, of how much of that was decided. But it sort of seemed like that was a move that uh, Alonzo pulled and it, and it worked. And, uh, you know, whether the team was able to react quickly enough to that and, and, and make it work, you know, it all seems like it came together for him. But um, he's sort of like, yeah, you know, I think Moss is a great guy and I'm happy to be part of this family. Yeah, I'm the new kid, but I'm still going to do what it takes to right, you know, get right. my results and, and, and look the best and, and do my thing. Right. But, I mean, truth, truth be told, I mean, Alonzo's done an amazing job, but uh, Massa hasn't been overshadowed by the guy. Yeah. I would say you know, if you had to pick between the two. You would pick Alonzo, but it hasn't been a steamroller of any kind. Yeah, and I will say I'm gonna I'm gonna put out my own bold prediction. Um, Sutil may win a race this year, but I think Ferrari will be very strong come Spain. I think uh, these few weeks is going to give them a time to sort out what's going on a little bit and get things put together. And I think they're going to be very strong in Europe. Yeah, although. Um I mean, it's it's worth noting, you know, team wise, uh, McLaren obviously at one two is brilliant for the championship. I mean, they've now got a big lead over Ferrari in the championship, and uh, and it's 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 been interesting. I mean, you know, with the with the Chinese Grand Prix, uh, seven runnings of the race, seven different winners. You know, there's mm-hmm. no dominant. Uh, I mean, Ferrari, I think, still is uh, is it you know with most wins and different different drivers with you know a lot of wins there and whatever, but. Um, and, you know, that, that's been interesting and, you know, some different race winners this year, but, uh, you know, it's still, you know, just coming down to, um, you know, Red Bull is just not, uh, up there in the standings, like, like, you know, like they, like they ought to be, you know, with all these failures oh, yeah. from, from Vettel in the They're beginning third and all in the this. constructors championship. And it's now. still, you know, Ferrari McLaren after all this, you know, Red Bull up and coming and everything and right. some really strong results and the qualifying of Red Bull has been amazing. Um, but it's, uh, they've really, you know, they're still not there as far as constructors points and, uh. You know, I wonder how the how the team sees that because you know for a lot of the team stuff that's that's so important for all, all the points there. Well, and, and as the season progresses, I know he's not saying it now, but I know Vettel's thinking I should have three wins, not one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and the last thing, uh, just to to sort of throw our opinion on a little bit, is the the pit exchange between Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel. Okay? What, what what pit exchange? What I don't I don't know what you're I, talking I about. I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was an interesting moment in uh, the post-race interview there. But um, so they they come into the pits, you know, neck and neck. They get they, they get their pit stops done, neck and neck. And Vettel's out in the pit lane, and they release Hamilton. And uh, it was a kind of a screwball release because it looks like from where he was, Hamilton probably didn't know. I mean, he knew Vettel was near, but didn't probably know exactly where he was. Sure. And he he's pushing as hard as he possibly can. He's got a lot of wheel spin. He gets the, the really well gets the rear end is way loose. And I'm actually surprised uh, the way the the way he, you know got out of the pit stall that he didn't get right into the side of Vettel at that point and yeah. crash into pit lane. Um, but when all of a sudden done and got that sorted out, they were. Uh, you know, Lewis Hamilton was probably what three, four feet behind, uh, like the front wing of, of Vettel's car. To yeah, the front but wing of Vettel Hamilton's was car. clearly in front. Vettel was ahead, but Hamilton didn't back off and get behind him and, and stay in the part of the pit lane you're supposed to be driving. And he's and he's, the pit lane is one lane. Yeah, he's driving next to him and like doesn't want to give up even you know a couple of feet. Uh, just to and like, I don't know what's going through your mind right there. It's not like you're going to be able to outpace him on the straight of the pit lane. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Once you're behind, you're behind, and why would the other guy who's in front back off and let you? I I don't know what the thinking is there. Yeah, and I, I feel like I it's so. I mean, I think it was all about you know Hamilton should have just backed off once once yeah. you're not in front of him and we're not even over you know, side by side like literally could be one or the other, then I guess you can kind of have this chicken and who's going to back off and somebody's right. got to. And, you know, but Vettel's on the left side. He's already, you know, farther into the pit lane, which is where you're going to need to be when you get on track. So it's not like Hamilton's going to be able to do some magic move and, and get over there and, and get some position. So it, it seemed foolish to me to just kind of prove your point, you know, and, uh, 
and they there's talk of penalties and stuff. Um, as it stands, the FIA has given them a, a reprimand, but that hasn't translated into any actual on-track penalties or anything like that. I, I do think like a fine or something might be reasonable if they decide to go that route because he was potentially putting people at danger and for no real gain. It wasn't yeah. any kind of a question. It's like, okay, Vettel's ahead. It's a one-lane pit lane. Like, let's not get ridiculous here. Like a $5,000 don't-be-a-jerk penalty. Yeah, and that may still happen. We don't know. Oh, and once again, it is time to listen to you guys. And I have to say, we had fantastic feedback from you guys this race. So if we had any feedback about your feedback, it'd be two thumbs up. Great work on the feedback. Yeah, super, super thumbs up. All right, so we had five comments on the uh, F1show.com website page thingy, which was fantastic. That's, that's quite higher than average, and I'd love to see you guys keep it up if possible. Uh, we got a quick note from Barry. He said, hey, guys. I'm a big fan of the show. It's easily, easily, he says, the best F1 podcast out there, Emoticon Smiley Face. As for the trivia, something, 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 you're going to hear about that in a minute. Matthew Vineyard said, all right, fellas, I just thought I would leave a comment as listening to your show and saying that there was just four with two being from the same person was a little low. Is, is Is that a complete sentence? Matthew's basically <laughs> Matthew's basically saying we need more feedback, and he gave us some. Thank you. Back to what he was saying. I think I will do a post on the BBC 606 website to promote the show for you. If you did, in fact, do that, thank you very, very much. And, in fact, even just thinking of it we makes us happy. It. We yeah, appreciate absolutely. that. You work well together, and it's nice to see some support for F1 from your side of the pond. I think, I think he's talking about the ocean. Yeah, it's a big pond. It's not a pond. Anyway, I understand that Bernie is after a venue on the East Coast due to the more suitable for TV. Uh, possibly, although uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Indianapolis is uh, still Eastern Standard Time. It's the same thing. I don't think – because sh- Chicago is central, but I think yeah, they're the Yeah, for a while, cop. actually, East, Indiana was – they didn't do daylight savings, and they were screwball. They were kind of holdouts on that, but whatever. Now they're, yeah. on, they're on Eastern Time, so it's all good. Either way, so thank you again from Matt. And then we also heard from Bob, who says – your show has to be the best with great humor. The Hamilton crutch shot. Crotch shot, yeah. yeah. He said crutch, but yeah, crotch. Shot live was why. But even better, you brought it up. Must be a bloke <laughs> thing. Keep it up. Indeed. And then on the Facebook page as well, we've had actually a nice little uh, debate about Schumacher going back and forth uh, and, and you know a lot of these different guys. So we want to thank uh, Derek Krola, you know, is, is doing a lot of some actually live during the race commenting and stuff. And on these, um, you know, the... The super early races, I mean, this race came out at 3 o'clock in the morning, our time, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. Derek's in New York, so I don't know if you were watching this live, if you were, my hat's off to you, but... Um, I was asleep. I was, I actually was, yeah, going to sleep, <laughs> and uh, and and then, you know, but some, some interesting debate and everything going on, so if you haven't checked out the Facebook page, it's uh, facebook.com slash f1show, or you can mm-hmm. just go to f1show.com and click on there and uh, and see who's going on there, but also uh, Peter Oliver posting some uh, some interesting, you know, thoughts and and, and opinions and all that. And uh, there's there's the makings for some, I don't know, not necessarily like an F1 show fan cage match. That may be a little bit severe, but, Ooh. you know, some some nice debate and some... Uh, like some an break. octagon. Yes, like an octagon. <laughs> that's much that's much more appropriate. That's great. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I wish I'd gotten in on these conversations a little bit earlier, but, you know, with I don't want to... Don't want to know what happened in the race until Rob and I have a chance to watch it together and all that. And right. Families and schedules and everything going on. Sometimes that's tricky. But uh, yes, I, it's what yet again one of my brother's birthdays. I don't, I don't know how that happened. How many more brothers do you have? Uh, none. Okay. Well, we should be good now. I From hope here so. till the end of the season, we should I, be good. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, and just thank thank you guys for you know just putting the time and effort into uh, in, into you know posting things on our on our wall and we reply as often as we can. But um, we've actually got what do we got? 559 fans right now. That is amazing. uh, Just a good community of people that are all, you know, just into F1. Um, but without all the crazy, you know, fanaticism about different drivers and different teams, but just kind of into the sport and all that. And, uh, I I just think that's really great. And, uh, we did get accused of being, um, Hamilton fanboys for not giving Massa enough credit. Right. I I remember that comment and I was kind of like, really? I didn't feel that way, but I, I, I do think there is a little bit of validity, but we have to take that one on the chin a little bit because, you know, Massa did, he did climb. He was far back. He was like, what, 21st, 22nd? And he got all the way to the 7th, and he did a good job. I think the only difference was is in the first part of the race, Hamilton passed Massa and everybody else, and it seemed almost instantly. And, and Massa was a little bit more 
gradual about it, kind of let the race unfold, which may have been his strategy and the smarter move from the beginning. But, but yeah, fair enough. We may not have given Massa his fair shake. Absolutely. But, uh, but you know, I think that I think most of all, though, Robin and I, I, I think it is fair to say. I mean, yeah, you know, we kind of have our guys that we like and, and dislike and whatever. But ultimately, you know, it's the sport and the engineering and the cars and the whole circus of it all. And it's you know, we're really you know F one fans overall. So there's there's no single driver or, or team that if they left that I would just say oh, I'm not interested in F one anymore. You know, it's right. part of the dynamics of the teams and the changing and the constructors and the just everything is just part of what's what's cool about it. So um, yeah, we may have uh, some little favorites here and there, but um, you know, we really try not to let that mess with things too much and, and have some fun with it as well. So yeah, fair enough on that. Um, but also yeah, you know, uh, Will Carver, James Payne, Paul Peard, some of our some of our F one show Facebook page regulars are uh, are doing well and, and keeping up with us and. We think that's great. Yeah, and we also had a couple more comments on the uh, F1 Show website from Ken and Gavin. They um, both had answers to the trivia, which is coming up soon, and you guys will hear from that. But we also got an email, and this one was from AJ, who says, a- a- <clears throat> Wow, that's not what he said. He said, Hey, guys, this year's shows have been excellent. Thank you very much. Predictions. Should we should we say his predictions? No, Do you guys want to hear oh, that's later. oh, no, we can't. We can't do it. But anyway, uh, he said, I've got a question for you guys. And he says, I do know the answer. I think he meant to say I don't know the answer. When was the last season that Ferrari and McLaren both failed to get a race win? Keep the great shows coming. I don't know. Is that That's like, oh, we just got like F1 challenged by a fan. Whoa. Like the on the spot, we don't know the answer. Well, maybe he does know the answer so he could say, oh. Yeah, he, he did he actually write in the email, I do know the answer. Yeah. So, but I don't know the answer. I don't either. I'd have to think about it. A long time ago, both Ferrari and McLaren. It certainly hasn't happened since you and I started following the sport closely. Yeah. Which is like, oh, 2001. There but there was yeah. a, that chunk of time in the mid-90s that Ferrari wasn't very good before Schumacher got on to start turning the team on. Yeah. And maybe there was a year that McLaren, because what about 93? 93 is a possibility. Because McLaren wasn't very good. That was the year that uh, Marco Andretti was with McLaren. Could have been. I, I was a babe in arms in 93. So Not I Marco. <laughs> Michael Andretti. <laughs> no, and, I, was, I was 10. Uh, and then Ferrari wasn't very good. So I'm, I'm going to throw out a wild guess in 1993. Okay. We'll, we'll have our fact checkers look into that and uh, get back to you on that. <laughs> our fact checkers. All right. Time for some proper trivia, though. Okay. Trivia. 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 <laughs> Okay, last time we asked you what I thought was a grand question, and the question was, what were the two locations of the two different United States Grands Prix in 1984? Any guesses on the answer there? I know the answer. I, I, can't, I can't in good conscience guess. Oh, okay. Well, the answer was two Ds, Detroit and Dallas. Nelson Piquet Sr. won in Detroit in his Brabham BMW, and K.K. Rosberg won in Dallas in his Williams Honda. And we actually had a lot of correct answers. People knew that one really well, and I don't know if that's uh, thanks to Wikipedia or people are actually extremely brilliant and we underestimated our fans. Bit of both, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, great great job uh, on the on the fans uh, giving us answers and all that, and we always appreciate that. In fact, I, I think, if I remember correctly, it was Ken who uh, went on to tell us every detail of each race in one of the F1 show comments. It was quite scary, frankly. So I really hope you were just reading that somewhere because uh, if, if you actually know that, that means maybe you need a little bit more sunlight in your life. <laughs> Or we should have him as a guest on the F1 show. Well, that's Either also way. possibly. In fact, I think I want to read this. Round 8, United States, East Detroit. Nelson Piquet on pole and win for Brabham. Martin Brundle drove his Tyrrell superbly, moving from 11th to finish 2nd. United States West, two weeks later in Dallas. Nigel Mansell on pole for Lotus and K.K. Rosberg to win in the Williams. Our new starting at the back when his car failed to fire up, finished 2nd. Mansell's car ran out of gas, and he pushed it across the line to finish 6th. Now, that's a dramatic finish right there. Running out of gas. I mean, that, come on. That's pretty bad ass, I have to say. But anyway, so good job, Ken. Please go out and exercise. Um, Moving on. We have a new question, and I think uh, I I really liked the uh, U.S. theme, so I ran with it. I mean, we got no F1 team. We got no race right now. We might as well have some trivia about the U.S. 
Yes, and as you all know, the United States Grand Prix at one point was held on an actual racetrack. So we have a three-part question. Okay. And the question is, what state was the U.S. Grand Prix held from 1961 to 1980? And who won the last F1 race that was held there? And... What is my favorite color? I, there's actually only two parts, so... Okay, so it's a two-parter. 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 Oh, no. And, and, and what was the race called? I mean, that's part of it. So, anyway. What state... <laughs> what state was the U.S. Grand Prix held from mm-hmm. 1961 to 1980? And who won the last race that was held there? And what was it called? And, what, and what's, what's my favorite color? All right. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And as you know, we like to make our predictions, show everyone how insightful and knowledgeable we are, or which we are that a lot. We are very much that. Some more than others. <laughs> um, okay, so from 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 last week, what do we got? Well, last week, Jim, you boldly put Hamilton on pole. Okay, which which actually looked good for Q two and Q one and two, but then yeah, it didn't but work we out. we did based on Q three actually, who and, actually and, gets pole? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he finished sixth. And Mark Webber to win the race. Ooh. 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 ooh, finished eighth, my friend. Finished eighth. Um, I, however, on the other hand, uh, was much more intelligent and also put Hamilton on pole. Oh, yes, but way I to, also go with the herd on that one. Also, also, also put Hamilton to win the race, and he finished second. Oh, ooh! So, uh, add up the points. You scored twelve points for this race weekend. I scored six. You owe me a six pack of Coke, my friend. Oh goodness! Now this week we had yet another fan join us in the trivia, and he was Daniel Jewell. He also put Lewis Hamilton to win the race or get pole position. Yes, but put. Button to win the race. Oh, nice going. Guess what he did? He won the race. So, uh, Daniel Jewell, you scored a five. You beat us both. And and we have our statistical model, right, to see just how – if we're any good or if we're just rubbish as humans. Yes. So h- – How'd that go? And as you remember, uh, last weekend, uh, Mark Weber went on pole position and Sebastian Vettel won the race. So, the model very stupidly says Weber's going to go on pole and Vettel's going to win the race. And it didn't do half bad. Weber was second – he was a second position in qualifying, and Vettel finished sixth. So actually, the uh, stat model tied me in points, although I'm way cooler than the stat model because, you know, because I am. Yeah. So anyway, that puts us there. Uh, a total so far for the season, Jim, it's not looking good. Remember, yeah. this is like golf. You don't want the high. Sc- you, you want the low score, not the high score. Oh, it is. You've already racked up eighty-two points, dude. <laughs> I've been eighty-two <laughs> positions off of accurate. Okay, but although <laughs> to my credit, um, there was the um, my my predictions. Not my fault, well, buddy. I was not. Part someone of the show. was here and someone wasn't. Okay, predictions had to be made. Hey, you're going to miss made. a couple of shows, and we're going to. I'm going to pre-predict. Figure, oh. I'm going to pre-predict because I know. All right. Speaking of pre-prediction, <laughs> we've got we've got a like a you know two weekends off, and then you know so three weeks from from the race. Yes, and uh, as you can hear, we need a break. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you uh, what are you thinking for Spain? Oh dear. I mean, here's the thing. It's back to Europe. There's time off. People are going to be putting new bits on the car. Mm-hmm. My inclination, as I said earlier, is that Ferrari is going to be strong. Okay. That's that's my sense. And we don't predict teams. We predict drivers. So oh, go right. ahead. So Sebastian Vettel is going to be on pole. What the? <laughs> he is. He just is. He always is. He's been on pole every time except for once when Mark Webber was on pole. Sebastian Vettel very well could have been on pole there too. But I'm going to say that... Alonso is going to win the race. Alrighty. I think I think Ferrari has shown strong race pace, and I think they'll be able to get it a little bit better. Maybe not quite to pole position times, but able to to turn the race out. And besides, Vettel's going to lose, and you know what? A left squirrel nut bolt <laughs> that could splitter, that, and, that very well and that'll ruin that'll ruin his old race button. Okay, you, however. See, the, you you have some comebacks to yeah, make here. Well, so you've, you've got flawed logic, and that is that there will be some passing at this race, <laughs> and I don't think there will be. 
Ah, I and see, I agree I that Vettel's on pole all the time, but I think he's going to go and win the race too. I think it's it's that oh, simple. I see because it's not going to rain. There's not going to be drama. It's going to be a parade, and that's they're going to finish where they start. That's, so that's that's kind of it's kind of dark. It is, but I, it's, I think it's going to be good. So we'll see. All right, all right, Vettel, Vettel. Well, here, once again, I owe we... you like sixty-seven cokes already. So what if, <laughs> I mean, really, what you, have I got? You to actually lose? only owe me thirty-four. <laughs> I better go to Costco, man, and load up on uh, get a pallet of Coke for you. I'm gonna gain lots of weight. Oh goodness! By the way, uh, both the fans and the statistical model are also doing better than you. Uh, the fan yes, total I, is sixty-five. I, 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 I can do basic I, and math. So if you, I, I do. And also, if you just go by race wins, you have one. I have three. That, You're that, losing in every possible category. Is not lost. You're kind of like Schumacher in my Rosberg right now. <laughs> Which is really what I aim to do. Um, it's time to end this episode. I think so. Although I want, meant to say this earlier, please say this now, and maybe I shouldn't say this. But if you like the show, please take a moment out of your time, if you could, and pop on over to iTunes. Give us a rating. Give us five stars if you, if you think we deserve it. Even write a review if possible. We don't have any reviews for 2010 yet. And we have done a lot of work to try to improve the show. So if you have a moment to do that, please, please do that. That would be awesome. And I guess I have to say, we might have we might have comments from 2010, but not from the U.S. Yeah, it's all iTunes store is all tricky in different countries. It's all different. So if we if you've done that already for the U.K. or Australia or New Zealand, one of those countries where we're we're, we're big there, Guam, um, is then, that a country? Then thank you. Um, yeah, just keep going. Just Ignore me. Yeah, just please keep going. But uh, yeah, we we appreciate it, and it's just you know you can actually there's a link right to the iTunes Luxembourg on uh, on f1show dot com. That is a country. <laughs> As we said, it's time time to finish the show. So we'll see you in three weeks. I am Jim Loud, and I'm Robin Warner. Bye. <laughs> The F1 Show is hosted by Jim Lau and Robin Warner. Many thanks to our editor, Jim Lau. We couldn't do trivia without our fact finder, Robin Warner. A tip of our hat to our producers, Robin Warner and Jim Lau, as well as our executive producers, Robin Warner and Jim Lau. Of course, a thousand thank yous to our excellent catering service, Restaurants. And finally, we'd like to offer a huge thank you to Bio Bonsai for use of their song Inspector B from the Big Band album for our intro and outro music. The F1 Show is brought to you by two Americans who love the sport of F1, Jim Lau and Robin Warner.